There is a, a wonderful little novel that was written by Neil Gaiman called The Graveyard Book. It's a, it's a strange little story. It's a story of a little boy whose family is murdered. And the little boy toddles off out of the house into the nearby graveyard and escapes the murderer. There he meets spirits of the deceased who reside in the graveyard, and he gets adopted by two of them. I said it was a strange story, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he, and he's raised in the graveyard. Part of the, the charm of the story is the way that, that it explores the contrast between the live boy and, and the regular residents of the graveyard. I like the way that it explores the question, what does it mean to live? And it uses this, this strange, strange image of the living, living among the dead. Now, in real life, the dead do not raise children. In fact, they really don't do much of anything, do they? They just kind of rest in their graves and wait for the resurrection day. There's a distinct separation between the living and the dead. Hebrews says that it is given to a person to die once, and then after that to face the judgment. You know, there is no lingering of the dead in this world. Uh, there, there isn't any kind of limbo somewhere in between. And, and this is what makes the angel's question to the women somewhat ironic. Why do you seek the living among the dead? I mean, Jesus was dead to begin with. There's no doubt about that. The centurion testified to his death. Pilate signed the order to release the body to Joseph of Arimathea. The women saw where they buried him. A guard detail sealed the tomb, and a great stone was placed in front of it, and they stood guard. Jesus was dead as a doornail or a coffin nail, which might be the more appropriate piece of ironmongery when we consider how dead Jesus actually was. The grave is the place to seek the dead right where they were buried. But Jesus wasn't there. And an angel asks, why do you seek the living among the dead? Well, if he's not in the grave, where is Jesus, whom we established was indeed dead? Well, the angel answers the question. He is not here. He has risen. And he reminded the women that Jesus said that this is what would happen, that, that he would be Betrayed, that he would be crucified, and that, that on the third day he would rise. And they remembered his words. See, this, this is why Jesus came. He came to die, paying the price for our sins. He came to rise, giving us the promise of resurrection. Jesus' death and resurrection mean forgiveness of sins. Reconciliation with God and reconciliation with one another. It means that God has begun a new creation. 
That all of the things that were lost and, and, and set back when mankind fell into sin are reversed. And God is fixing all of the damage of sin in this world. Just think about the image that Isaiah spoke about in our first reading today. He described the place of peace, of wellness, of wholeness. All these things that God intended for us from the beginning. That's why the resurrection matters. It's a whole new beginning. I recently read an article that talked about a, a survey that the British broadcast company, the BBC, you're familiar with BBC, uh, that they reported on. And, and there was a survey that was taken in Britain that found that over half of those people who identify themselves as Christians when they were surveyed did not believe that Jesus died to pay for the sins of the world. Did not believe that he had died and risen for us. Now, for half of the people to not believe that, that that's, that's pretty wild in my mind. From the comments that I read, you know, because the th thing I come back to is, well, what's this all about then? And from the comments that I read, it, it seems that these people, they feel that what Christianity boils down to is kind of being ethical, being moral, being kind. In this view, Jesus is just a great teacher or a philosopher. You know, he's, he's maybe on the level of, of Socrates or, or Aristotle. You know, he made a great big difference in the world, but at the end of the day, he's just a man who died and was buried. But by Jesus' own words, his death and his resurrection are actually central to who he is. His death and resurrection are part of his purpose to save sinners, to win forgiveness. St. Paul understood this. That's why he wrote, If we have hope in Christ only for this life, we are to be pitied more than all people. If, if it only comes down to that Christianity is a moral example, if, if Jesus is only a philosopher that, that gives us some, some way to live our best life or, or some way to treat people, then the reality is at the end of the day, we're just going to die. And it won't matter much when we are the residents of the graveyard. And this is why there is a thrill of hope in the angel's question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Because it's telling us Jesus is risen. He's been raised. The first fruits of those who fall asleep. And that means that the others who die after him will be raised too. Sin entered into the world through Adam's failure. And since then, all people die. And generally, don't return. But Jesus' resurrection means that those who follow him will live again. We will rise the same way that he did. Now, now, understand very clearly, I'm not saying that we won't die. 
We, we all know that the day will come when, when these bodies break down. They shut down. Sometimes, you know, tragic things happen. They break. You know, and we die. And we have all experienced the pain and the sorrow that comes when someone we love dies. We might seek them, but we will not find them. Uh, just in honesty, I would give a lot to have another conversation with my dad. But it's just not possible. He's died. And his spirit is with the Lord Jesus. And I'm grateful for that. One day, I will follow. All of us will. So no, I'm not saying that we won't die. What I am saying is that even though we die, we will live. We will live with Jesus in heaven. We will rise from the dead in the new creation. We will have new bodies. We will live in that perfect paradise that God intended for us after the resurrection. And I'm saying that that is the core of our faith. Jesus died to pay for our sins. He was as dead as a doornail, but he was raised from the dead. And his resurrection gives us life. I'm saying that even though we die, we will live. And Jesus' resurrection is what gives all of the teachings and about how to treat people and, and how to live our lives. It's what gives them their real power. I mean, think about it for a minute. Why should we love our neighbors? Why should we be humble? Why should we turn away from sin? Why should we repent? Because even before Jesus died, he taught us that he would suffer, that he would die by crucifixion, and he would rise. He taught that this is what he came for, to die and to rise for us. And that's exactly what he did, showing that he has the real, true authority to give us the salvation that we need to make us the people that he desires for us to be. Now, does that sound, does that sound maybe a little bit crazy? Maybe. Definitely. To those who do not believe. It's easier to believe that Jesus was just a man who had some really cool ideas that shaped the world. It's more comfortable to believe that Jesus was just this guy who, who had this great impact. But that comfort is a false comfort because it guts Jesus' message of its real power. Now, to be fair, the disciples did not believe at first, did they? You know, when the women came and they told them that Jesus had risen, they thought it was all idle talk. They thought it was all nonsense. So it should not surprise us when, when people are more comfortable with Jesus as a moral philosopher the dead among the dead. But we're not here to seek a dead Jesus. We're here because Jesus rose. He got out of the tomb. He lives again. And his death and resurrection give us real hope for our lives. Not just hope for, for someday. It gives us hope for now. For how we live 
and for how we die. We're here because Jesus lives and he saved us from sin and death by his own death and resurrection, which means that we can love our neighbors in a whole new way, that we can be humble as we trust in Jesus and we can look to others' needs. It means that we can turn away from sin. We can repent. We can live differently than we did before. It means that we can look forward to something better than this fallen, broken world. And that makes today a day to celebrate. A day to rejoice that Jesus has accomplished his purpose. He died and he rose. And now that is our hope. And someday when we die, hopefully a long time from now, just being honest, we will rise and live with Jesus forever. It's that hope that allows us to live according to God's will now. In light of what he is doing in us and for us and through us. So today we celebrate and we rejoice because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.